Manzana. Hey people, this is the Soul Man Zalon and welcome to Conversations with Zalon. I decided that I wanted to start this podcast uh, because I feel like I have many different friends and people that I come in contact with and I have great conversations that are either really inspirational, motivational, um, uh, or sometimes it's just good fun, entertainment, you know, we make jokes and stuff. And um, I always thought to myself how amazing it would be if people was able to have a window uh, and to be able to to see into the conversation and be able to learn things or to have a different perspective. Um, and so I decided to start this podcast. Today, I have the wonderful Sonia here with me today. Welcome, Sonia. Hey there. How's it going? Really, really good. I want to say thank you so much for being here. Um, you're my second guest. So, you know, in, in you can always say that you was uh, amongst the the first people to help me kickstart this. So I appreciate you and you will always be remembered. So thank you for that. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's a pleasure to be here today. Awesome, awesome. So, um, Sonia, um, please tell me a bit about you. Just, just, just an overview about you and your business, and 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 um, basically your contribution to the world. Because uh, we did bring you in um, because I was actually um, really inspired by you and your story. So, tell us. Well, so thank you so much. So. Um, well, I'm a holistic healing practitioner, um, hypnotherapist, and the founder of a well-being platform called Illuminations. So Illuminations began with the intention to help people live happier, healthier, and more purposeful lives by exploring an inner journey of healing their mind, body, emotions, and energy. Um, through my own personal experience of life transformation at the age of 23, I witnessed amazing changes around me when I began to change what's going on within me. And so that led me to, uh, you know, create a platform where I felt that everybody needed to explore the power of their mind, um, their body, their energy, so that they can, you know, uh, live out the best version of themselves, you know. And mm -hmm. so for me, that transformation kind of happened when actually um, – a close friend of mine had passed away in a car accident and, um, you know, I was completely devastated um, by the event. And it just made me realize that life is so temporary, so impermanent um, and so unpredictable in nature that, um, you know, we hold on to things so dearly, such as, you know, our jobs, our careers, uh, people, we, you know, we stress, we worry, we fear. And within seconds that can be taken away from us. Um, and that really, you know, um, kind of changed my perspective and um, and led me to a journey of discovery of who are we, why are we here, and what is the purpose of our life? And those three powerful questions, um, you know, propelled me on a journey of exploring uh, the concept of healing, of meditation of self-awareness, of mindfulness, of energy healing. And all these tools kind of awakened me to understand the thoughts, the beliefs that are governing my life, um, you know, which I wasn't very conscious about. And, you know, through my own practice, through the courses that I, um, you know, 
kind of enroll myself in, the teachers that I met along the way, one of the things that I realized is that, you know, you create your world. Um, And Mm -hmm. if, you know, whilst you don't have control on what's going on around you, you have control on how you can respond to the experiences around you. And as a byproduct, you can witness transformation um, and a change of perspective. So I gained a lot of those experiences, uh, which I was very grateful for. And um, I was living um, in the UAE at the time. And when I came back uh, to Dubai, I had learned most of my spiritual teachings um, like way back in India. And in India, uh, given that it's the land of spirituality and mysticism, it's so easily available. But when I came here to Dubai, I found that there was no real platform uh, where people could look within themselves, you know. Uh, the UAE or Dubai is a place where people are focused on a lot of consumption, you know. It's materialism as its best, but people weren't really focusing on their inner experience, on their emotions, on the way they think, on the way they feel. And so I kind of wanted to, to bring together uh, people to just kind of, you know, look within themselves for that inner contentment and happiness and balance um, that we're all looking for at a certain level. And we realize that if we look for these things outside of ourselves, life is so temporary in nature. What goes up comes down, you know, Mm. Um, where we experience pleasure, pain is just around the corner. And we get so attached to the pleasure that we like to avoid the pain or we have a fear of losing things. And then it takes away from living in the moment and the joy of what life is really all about. And, um, and so, yeah, and that, and that's how I began my journey, um, as an entrepreneur with illuminations. Um, we began with opening, uh, one wellbeing center. And from there we went on to open several. And now that, (laughs) uh, you know, we're faced with this whole, um, issue related to the coronavirus, we recently kind of created a platform online. And again, the goal is to help people uh, live out the best version of themselves by exploring an inner journey of healing. So that's, that's kind of how I began in a nutshell. And wow. um, yeah, that's, that's led me to a lot of, um, you know, uh, I guess, values, or it's helped me gain a lot of values that it's not so much about spirituality, or meditation, but it's about like overcoming adversity. It's about facing your fears. It's about, you know, forgiveness and empathy. It's about self-love and acceptance. So I think it's not really um, exactly about, you know, one way or the other. It's more just about the values that we gain from practices, which are, you know, holistic healing, mental health um, and wellness. Um so yeah, so so that's been my like my journey. So 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 you wouldn't you wouldn't um, call this this practice a form of spirituality. It's more about an internal um, releasing know, of baggage and um, yeah. Well, you know, restrict- well, well, in the way spirituality is packaged today, you know, people talk about the full moon. People talk about going vegan. People talk about twenty thousand different types of yoga. People talk about, you know, Mercury and retrogate. And I guess, you know, in all of that, we get, you know, we lose the meaning of what spirituality is all about. And it's my form, or I would say uh, what I'm passionate about or motivated 
um, you know, to spread awareness about is spirituality that's grounded in reality. It's spiritual values that you can apply to modern day living. It's more like meditation for the modern soul. Because, you know, for like an entrepreneur like myself, who's busy creating, um, I'm always constantly productive. I'm always on, you know, trying to like reach my goals. You know, a lot of people would ask them, but like, how do you find time to, you know, like meditate or, you know, like I can't sit still or I find that I'm not able to tap into my intuition. Um, I think that meditation and spiritual healing tools is basically uh, tools that can help you on the journey, but it's not so much attaching yourselves to those tools in the first place, if that makes any sense. Yes, it does, yeah. Yeah, so it's just about when you apply uh, a form of meditation or practice of meditation, it, it must be applicable to your everyday life, you know? The idea is not to give up your ambitions or let go of your goals or run away to the mountaintops to achieve nirvana or enlightenment. It's about remaining calm within the chaos because you can't remove the chaos, right? You just mm. have to find a way to focus inwards and tap into that stillness that lies within you despite what's going on around you. So the idea is to kind of not about changing the environment or what's going on because that's really not in your control as we've learned from the coronavirus but it's how we respond to what's going on in our environment. And these practices can help you respond more neutrally rather than reacting more negatively, I would say, you know? Right, yes. So that's just been my, you know, my personal experience, of course, and this is my personal opinion. Yes, um, of course. Yeah. So, so um, uh, I, I want to touch on something, and, and excuse me because I feel like um, – uh, you mentioned that you're a go-getter, like you're, you're very productive. And um, do you find that the meditation helps in order for your productivity? Um, and, and, and what's your why? What's your reason? Because I find that I have different stages right. of my life where I've been very in action. And then there's other times where I'm just not. Um, and each time I've spoken to you, um, I can see that you are quite consistent in being productive. What's your why? And it, it, is the meditation the tool um, for helping you to drive that forward? So, you know, when you talk about productivity, I would say that less is more, you know. So when we're talking about productive living, a lot of people think productivity is going out there to achieve. It's action, action, action. But it's not always about action. Uh, productivity can also mean awareness, right? So it's the art of knowing when to do and when to be. And sometimes we lack that clarity, right? So everything in life is a phase. There are times in our life where you create and you build. And there are other times where you consolidate and you remain still. Because everyone's curve or everyone's graph is not always on top, right? There are, mm. there are times in our life when the graph is just moving upwards and then we come to a plateau. And, you know, mm. uh, the wisdom here is the art of knowing really when to do and when to be. And so I think uh, practices like meditation um, allow you to kind of move inwards and realize that, you know, there's a space that you can go within to cultivate greater self-awareness 
okay, to understand uh, your intention for your actions, uh, to witness the drama of what's going on in your life without participating in it, to become conscious of your thoughts, your beliefs, and your intention of why you do what you do without being triggered by it. You know, we might compare ourselves on social media to what our friends are doing or what influencers are doing or what our colleagues are doing within um, like our industry. But that might be right for them at that point in time. That's not necessarily what's right for us. And it's kind of like getting out of the rat race and moving in your own pace, you know. And I think Absolutely. what meditation does help you to do, it helps you to kind of tune in to that inner voice and silence that noise that's around you, you know? And when you silence that noise around you and the mental chatter in your mind and simply become a witness to your mental chatter by simply just really like witnessing it and observing it without labeling it, without judging it, you will realize that there's an awareness that develops within you. You will be able to identify what is a fear-based mental chatter versus a trigger, you know, or versus your intuition. And I think when you're able to do that, like it's so important because we take so much information. We take information from our friends. We take information from the media. We take information from everything around us. But just like we maintain our body or we maintain... Um, you know, by going to the gym or we clean our body by taking a shower, you kind of have to clean your inner energy, uh, your thoughts mm. and your emotions. And meditation is an excellent cleansing, you know, like mechanism to empty everything that you've taken from outside of you so that you don't have to fill it out because everybody needs a form of release, right? And if you don't like clean your inner emotions it just ends up building and building and building and all this debris will spill out in the form of fear in the form of anxiety in the form of worry in the form of needing to control you know and that is a byproduct of not really tuning in to that inner voice or that inner vessel that's just so you know completely overwhelmed by everything that goes on on a daily basis, because we're living in the modern age, you know, especially now we spend so much time online. And I noticed this within myself as well. We spend so much time online on our phones, on Instagram, you know, and we're taking in so much information and that information is moving into our unconscious and we're not cleaning it up. You know, we're just taking it all in and eventually it's got to spill out and it spills out in the form of, you know, anxiety and, and, and pain and worry and fear. So I think the you know the bottom line is to realize that you can go about your everyday life activity. Just be aware that whilst you're in this world, you're not of this world. You know your experiences, your career, your relationships. Nothing defines who you are because if that's taken away from you, okay, again you're left with an empty space, wondering you know all the value that you attached yourself to is kind of now breaking away. And for me, uh, the coronavirus, as we spoke about the other day on the phone as well, has been a huge learning because I didn't realize how much value I attach to my work um, and how much I define myself by it. And when suddenly, you know, 
due to everything that happened, I had to close down. And mm. for two weeks, I was just, you know, completely in a state of shock. And I'm just like, what just happened? I was about to open my, you know, global location in the U.S. I was working on a couple of different product uh, projects. I just opened a new office in Mumbai. And I felt like everything was in control. And suddenly, you know, I felt like I have absolutely no control. And it kind of, you know, shook me up for a bit because it was something that was completely unexpected. And I yes. think there are two ways of responding. One way is to worry, fear, and control. But when you have, luckily for me, I do have meditation practice. When you start tuning within, you don't ask the question, um, why is this happening to me? You start asking the right questions, which is what is it that I need to learn from this? And obviously, each one of us um, has our own learnings, you know, and I've seen not just for myself, but a lot of people close to me, you know, for example, I had a, you know, I had a really close friend of mine who always had, you know, like this issue where she needed to be around people. And because of the lockdown, you know, she was in isolation and that was her big trigger that came up. Um, you know, like with me, it was work. Um, for like another person, it would have been something else. You know, so each one of us has had our own learning experiences um, and how we respond to it largely depends on, you know, the relationship we have with ourselves. And I think spirituality, meditation, healing uh, helps you to cultivate a better relationship with yourself, as I would have to summarize. Amazing. Um, so there was something which you said, you said you're in this world, not of this world. Could you could you kind of break that down just so I can have clarity on what what it actually means? Sure. Um, so basically, a couple of months ago, I was asked in an interview, well, Sonia, you know, um, I can see that, you know, you're very much into meditation and healing. But I also see from your Instagram that you love partying in Mykonos. And I said, yeah, of course, because you're <laughs> in you are in a 3D world where you have your touch, taste, hear, see, and smell, right? We're here to enjoy the pleasure of what a three-dimensional world has to offer. But the moment we start to attach ourselves by um, like everything outside of us, be it our handbag, be it our travel, be it our house, be it our materialistic uh, belongings, and we start to define ourselves by it, which means that if I don't have it, I will be unhappy or I have to have a lot of it because I need to, um, you know, show the world how much I have or I spend so much time trying to acquire it that I mm. lose my peace of mind. So then I become of this world, right? You're in this world to enjoy everything the world has to offer. Like, for example, if you go and you have an ice cream, you enjoy an ice cream on a hot summer day. But if you keep mm. eating that ice cream three times a day, every day, you're trying to attach yourself to the pleasure. And now when you don't get the ice cream, you start to feel a void, right? And then mm. you get addicted. And then that ice cream mm. leads you to health issues, diabetes, and obesity, and a whole load of other things. So when we can find the balance by truly staying connected with ourselves and realize that it's here today, but it can be gone tomorrow. And I can enjoy the pleasure as long as I also understand that pain is around the corner as well. And when I stop labeling pain as bad and pleasure as good, and I can see everything as an experience for the purpose of my growth and evolution, then I'm no longer 
attaching myself to my experiences. I can enjoy the experiences for what they are. And that pleasure can actually transform into happiness because I'm not worried about losing what I have. I'm actually enjoying what I have and realizing that even if I had to lose it, like I'd still be fine either ways. And I think when we reach that state, um, you know, we're able to see life for what it is. We're allowed to enjoy the beauty of our love, life, and relationships. So, so that is basically my understanding of being in this world, but not being of it. Perfect. So if somebody has addictions, they're addicted to something and it could be, it could be anything, you know, it could be drink, drug, sex, whatever it is. What, what would you say would be a way on how they, and, and they want to stop it. They want to transform their life. What would you say is a way that they can, that can help them to transform that? So, like, obviously, one of the things I want to bring awareness to is why we have these addictions in the first place. Um, these addictions can be more obvious, such as, uh, you know, drugs, alcohol, etc., or they can be more subtle as work. So, for example, I know that I had a work addiction. So everything is still, an, is still your addiction. It's an attachment to fill a void that's within you. So where did that void come from? So if we go back in time, usually, you know, a lot of our voids begin in our childhood, okay? When a need uh, of ours is not met, there is a gap, right? And in order to fill that gap, we need to look outside ourselves because we are conditioned, um, you know, as children. I mean, I can speak for myself. I can't speak for so many people, but we were never told how to be happy, we were no like we were really never told how to feel our emotions. We were told how to be great at math or how to read or how to write. So we were told a lot of skills about everything outside of us, but we but we were never taught skills about ourselves, about our mind. Yes. We were taught skills of how to manage our emotions. And so we were never really conditioned to seek for that contentment within ourselves. And we were never really able to manage our emotions as children. So if our need was not being met in our childhood, we'd grow up with kind of like a gap or a void, right? And then what we right. do, we would live in the illusion uh, and condition ourselves to believe that, you know what, if I feel lonely, if I get into a relationship, I'm going to feel less lonely. But mm. the important thing is the intention with which you start a process is exactly what the process brings back to you. So, for example, if I get into a relationship with the intention of trying to fill the void of loneliness that lies within me, I will then end up finding a partner who's always busy working. And guess what I'll end up feeling? <laughs> you know? Right, so again, right. our, our voids are there and we use uh, coping mechanisms, you know, to fill that void through alcohol, through drugs or whatever. Um, like addiction, because we need to attach value from things outside of us. So it starts off as being just that. And then we get so accustomed to it that it regulates uh, the body, you know? And so when, you know, when we don't do without it, the body's like, wait a second, I feel uncomfortable. I need more of it. So it's kind of our way to regulate, you know, our body. And that's why we kind of gravitate towards this. And then it becomes a habit. And then obviously with the habit, you know, like habits die hard because in our subconscious mind, we have so many experiences of pleasure with our habits. Like example, like if you eat a chocolate cake, imagine how great it feels to eat a chocolate cake, right? 
But often <laughs> yeah. in the subconscious mind, it gets attached to that pleasure, right? And so mm. it wants more of it. So you, every time you have that piece of chocolate cake, you get so many amazing experiences of pleasure that you store in your subconscious mind. And then you start gaining weight and then you start having health issues and you go to the doctor and the doctor says, if you don't give up, you're going to get, you know, a heart attack, you're going to get diabetes, you're going to get obese. So now your logical mind tells you that it's not good to eat chocolate cake. But one thing we know about the logical conscious mind is that it's not as powerful as the subconscious mind. So the subconscious mm. mind is like, wait a second, you have a thousand pleasurable experiences and you just have one negative logical reason. So what ends up happening is we gravitate back to our pleasure that we associate in our mind, you know, and that's how, you know, the mind gets attached to pleasure and starts becoming completely averse to what causes us pain. And we get so caught is up the, in vicious cycle. So, so is the, sorry, go on. Yeah. Sorry, continue. Yeah. And then we get caught up in the cycle of pain and pleasure that we, we gravitate towards makes us feel temporary gratification, you know, and mm. we think that that's happiness, but that's simply temporary gratification, only causing us to need more of it until, you know, it can no longer help us. So is, is the goal to not have any chocolate cake, is it to have cake in moderation or is it not to be attached to the feeling that the, so you, you, is it to not be attached at all to the feeling that the chocolate cake gives you or is it to feel the, 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 the um, feel the benefits or the sensations of the chocolate cake in the moment, moment, but then leave it at, leave it where it is. Yeah, well, that's an interesting question because the beauty about life is that we only learn from our experiences, right? So sometimes I need to eat that chocolate cake so much that it gets to an extreme, you know? And mm. sometimes I need to be shaken up to be awakened, right? Because mm -hmm. we never learn from, you know, logically, we all understand if we go to the gym, we're going to be healthier. But does everybody go to the gym? No, they don't, right? Until they experience a sort of pain, right? So pain is always our vehicle towards growth. So I wouldn't say necessarily, and sometimes a lot of people only learn through pain. When we get a cut, we don't listen. When we get a slap, we don't listen. When we get punched, we're like, ouch, maybe it's time that we listen. So sometimes that <laughs> is very necessary in order for us to be able to kind of, you know, move back into balance. So I would say, of course, in an ideal world, the goal is everything in moderation, okay? But sometimes we need to eat so much of that cake, go to one extreme, and then wake up from those extremes. I mean, we've heard so many people who've gone through life-changing experiences when they've either gone through loss or when they've gone through a loss of health or loss of life or near-death experiences, you know, because they lived a certain lifestyle, and that lifestyle got so extreme that their body and their mind just kind of had enough. But we don't always have to go to those extremes, you know? Sometimes through practices like meditation, uh, cultivating self-awareness, you know, focusing on your thoughts and beliefs which are governing in your life, and sometimes seeking professional help can kind of keep us in that moderation where we can enjoy the pleasures of life without allowing those pleasures to control us. But the moment it starts controlling us, we know we've gone on an extreme.
So, I mean, it, it, it sounds obviously such a simple process, but it, it's, it's so challenging for so many people. Okay. And I'm sure that when we started Earth and Life, when we was here and originally, I don't know wh what your beliefs are and how we ended being here in the first place, but... Um, all right, guys, um, I do apologize. My screen, um, the screensaver on my, my laptop went down. I pressed spacebar and it ended the recording. So this is going to be part two of our podcast. Sonia, thank you so much uh, for, for bearing with us through the technical dif difficulties. Um, sure, and we sure. appreciate you being here and your insight. Um, so... Um, like, in fact, Zalon, sorry to interrupt you, but it's kind of like ironic because I think we were just going to talk about, you know, uh, or my next um, topic of discussion was going to be sometimes you need to pause in life in order to start <laughs> and move wow. best. And so there's nothing uh, more validating than the experience that we just had. So there is no such thing as a coincidence, actually. <laughs> so that's exactly where I was going to pick up from. I was like... Um, it, how did we how did we become so 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 detached from self how did we become so distracted like in your opinion how how and i was going to ask you what the solution is and is the solution to pause because i i find that i analyze externally but i don't uh, i don't analyze internally often enough right right so I think, you know, um, we're conditioned, like I said earlier, from our childhood to be more like human doings than human beings, you know, and I think mm. it's the art of learning when to be, you know, uh, in spiritual uh, lingo or when you talk about personal growth, healing and transformational education, there's this whole concept of manifesting, right? And which is great. And it's really powerful because at a certain level, we're manifesting at every given point in time. Uh, you know, our thoughts are extremely powerful and science and uh, quantum physics is now validating the fact that our thoughts uh, create the reality that we experience. But more than just about creating and acquiring and building, what's also extremely essential for us is to learn how to be, to learn how to surrender, to learn how to follow um, our intuition to listen and tune into our body and the pace that each one of us are moving in our own pace. And I think uh, this uh, detachment from the self um, is obviously um, rooted way back, you know, when, you know, man develops their mental capacity or the ability to think, right? So um, in our course, in you know, in one of our hypnotherapy courses, we talk about, you know, um, truly understanding the mind and and before we understand the mind we understand that when man first began to think what's the first thing he thought about the first thing he thought about was survival and survival against you know the animal right so or survival against nature so man decides to eat here sleep here pray here and waste here. And that's kind of how the modern home is designed, right? And then man says, if we're more of us, okay, we have greater chances of survival. So that's the whole concept of a partner, of procreation, of a home, of a community. And the more we are together, uh, you know, the greater chances we have 
uh, for survival. But then uh, man no longer follows his instinct, right? Because in order to survive, we develop rules um, for living. And these rules include, for example, I need to follow a certain protocol. I need to follow a certain way uh, based on what the community says, based on what my surroundings tell me. And no longer is man or man's um, like is driven by instinctual need. He's more defined by the condition of his environment. And so ever since then, you know, we've kind of evolved. So now whenever we feel like doing what we want to do, because we're so used to the rules of living based on our community, based on what our parents tell us, we're no longer focusing on what our um, like intuition is trying to tell us. And so we kind of ignore that voice uh, because we have to go by a certain definition of what it means to be successful. Uh, and so being successful uh, from maybe what our parents taught us is having a great job or finding the right partner and getting married and have children. But not everybody fits into those labels or those categories or those boxes. Um, you know, and maybe they do at their own time and their own pace. And as we start to seek for things outside of ourselves, uh, that love, happiness, contentment, and peace, um, we're all propelled to live a life or we're all on a quest to aspire to live a life that, you know, will keep us happy or to keep us content or to keep us alive. But we're all looking for that outside ourselves, right? And that's great, except when things don't work in our favor, as we know regarding the coronavirus, we realize that whatever is outside ourselves can easily be taken away from us. And when, the, and when we face the pain of things being taken away from us, we break out of the illusion. And we realize that, you know, we've attached so much of our time, our investment, our energy, our emotion on something outside myself, whereas, you know, this is so temporary in nature. So what I do is I start to go back into a journey and realize, you know, who am I? Why is this happening to me? What is this trying to teach me? And as we start to gain more awareness that no matter how many materialistic aspirations we've had, it's never truly kept us happy. You know, you can be surrounded with people in a room and yet really feel extremely lonely. You mm. can have all the money in the world and still feel a lack of something. So we realize at a conscious level, especially now, right? So when the coronavirus happened, like nobody can go out, nobody can spend money. Everybody who has their designer handbags and shoes has nowhere to go and nowhere to show them off to. And so now we're going back, you know, to the basics. We're going back from what was agreed to what's a need, you know, like what is really necessary? What is really essential? And what's essential is, you know, the happiness of the people around us uh, to share our joys, our sorrows uh, with people within us, or just to, you know, to kind of like reflect and go back within ourselves. And I think that's moving towards the journey of home. And I think people only come to that point when there is a sort of life-changing event that triggers them to start looking within themselves, you know? Mm. So you've spoken now about what happens whilst we're here and how we should approach life, a way of, a way of being within life. But I'm just really interested in, in, in your perspective on 
where how do you think we we came here in the first place like do you believe in a higher being like how do you think we are here and then where do you think we go after we leave here and the reason why i ask is because um much of your much of the focus is obviously within the realms of our lifespan mm -hmm. however there has to be an existence of the energy from before and an existence of the energy afterwards as energy you don't lose energy it just transfers yeah. so where was it you know I'd, I'd like to hear your your interpretation or, or, or just your ideas or thoughts around it sure sure so i mean i think whether you call this source whether you call it god whether you call it the universe okay i think we are a small part of a larger whole okay um i also believe that within us is the same components or the energy that um this source is or we are made up from the source and each one of us is an expression of the larger whole or that source right so how i would put it is that each one of us has what you call um like a higher self right so your higher self is that higher version of you so for example if you know when you um when you have to light up a home right uh the home has um like an electricity and where does the electricity come from the electricity comes from the power plant correct so the power yeah. plant is what you would call uh the higher self right right and the power plant is or all of our power plants combined is what you call universal energy or god or divinity or source but each power plant is a different manifestation of that source right however from that power plant you have what you call the soul so the soul is basically the electricity in the house uh the house what you call the human body right so for example at every given point in time you are connected to source through that power plant okay and the power yeah. plant is the higher version of you so the higher plant is um a version of you that's on the mountain top whereas the soul is in the valley so the uh soul on the mountain top or the energy or the consciousness in the mountain top or that version of you has complete awareness of your journey of life it knows the ebbs and flows the valley the fastest point to get from a to b right but the soul sometimes kind of is always connected to this power plant and that is where you get your intuition right so what happens is that we are connected so when we uh when we are born all right we come from this power plant or we come from the source and you know uh when we pass on from this lifetime we go back to the source because as you rightly said uh like everything is energy e equals mc squared which is energy equals matter times the speed of light so everything in existence is energy vibrating at a certain frequency right so there's mm -hmm. some energies which you can touch taste hear smell and see right and we we then label those energies as real we can feel them we can touch them and we can qualify them we can quantify them but when we pass on from this life we are still that energy except we are more subtle or higher form of energy so if mm -hmm. i were to move my hand really slowly you'd be able to see it but if i were to move my hand at such a high vibration 
faster than your naked eye could appear, all of a sudden my hand would eventually disappear. But just mm. because you cannot see it and perceive it with the naked eye, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So that's how right. we label energy. So everything around us is simply a frequency of energy. There are those energies which we can see, touch, taste, hear, smell, and then we can qualify and quantify. And then there are those energies which we can feel, which we can experience, but we need to move into a higher realm of consciousness in order to be able to actually um, really experience them in our everyday life. And that's kind of what your intuition is, right? So the power plant or the higher self is communicating to you at every given point in time. But because the mind is so busy in the external chatter, in the ups and downs, in the pain and pleasure, in the attachments of everything outside of yourself, because everything outside is what you can touch, taste, hear, smell, and see, right? When you kiss a person or you eat that chocolate cake, these become an attachment of pleasurable three-dimensional experiences. And so we get attached to those experiences really trying to ignore the internal experiences that we can also have. And we get lost in the illusion that these experiences are real till either a person close to us just, you know, dies all of a sudden or we lose a person we love. And then we're like, where did that person go? They were just here. Their clothes mm -hmm. are here. Their smell is here. Um, you know, their hair is here, but they're not here. Where did they go? And that's when you mm. ask the question that they are still there, but, you know, they are not here in the physical realm of, you know, of what we can hear, touch, taste, hear, and smell. They're in a higher realm of consciousness, but they still exist, right? And yes. that's pretty much how intuition also works. Your intuition mm. is energy that comes in the form of guidance or message from the source who already has the higher perspective the version of you that's on the mountaintop and the version of you that's on the mountaintop is saying, Zalon, please don't take that valley. It's going to lead you to a lot of rocks and you're going to fall down. It's a very hard journey. Uh, you know, if you just take the bridge, which is on the left, but you're not listening because Zalon is so focused on, you know, everything that's around him that he's so caught up that he's not able to tune in to that intuition, which is connected to that source. And all of our power plants combined is what you call universal energy, which is why when people say we are all interconnected, we are all interconnected because each of us comes originally from one source and all of our sources are interconnected. And that's why, you know, when you meet certain people in your life, you felt like you kind of have met them before, you know, because yes. we move on to different times and spaces, but that energy of consciousness still remembers, you know, and and I guess that's the yes. Point. I've had that. I've had that where I've met people, and I feel like I've met you before. Like I, I know you. I feel yeah. like maybe it's in another exactly. lifetime or something. Exactly. But there's, you know, or sometimes you have there's a there's a, an attraction to another energy, and it may not necessarily be, um, uh, it may not necessarily be, you know, in in, in a sense of a sexual manner, but just yeah. there's an attraction to that energy, or maybe there's a familiarity to an energy as well. Exactly, and that's kind of how I felt when I met you actually because you know one of the things I remembered so clearly about you um, obviously we were at a common friend's wedding and I yeah. don't know too many people and when I met you one of the things I was so inspired by is like 
you were so clear about what you wanted, you know, and you yes. were so clear on your goals and you're just like, this is what I want to be. And this is how, you know, this is what, you know, and you were so driven by your soul and your emotions and, uh, you know, your heart to give a thousand percent to what you do, you know, and, and I live for that, you know, so, so I was just like, wow, that's but ironically, ironically, it was the same for me. Yeah. And I felt that I was really inspired by your um, approach to life. Um, and also, um, your approach to life in the sense of where you came from and how you built your business, but also the way how you were speaking about detachments. And it just, it kind of really resonated with me. And it felt like, it felt, it felt familiar. Yeah. You know, it felt very familiar. Yeah. So, for sure. And that's, and that's really interesting because I don't think we've ever had a discussion about that. So I felt that, but I didn't know you felt that. Right. Do, 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 do you understand? Yeah, um, for sure. And for sure. it's like, what is that? How, how, do, you, how do you quantify that, that two people who have never met meet and then there's a, like, a genuine connection that, that is almost as if, yeah, we've known each other for a while or there's, there's a similarity there or, you know, or frequency of right. some kind, you know? Exactly, exactly. And I think, you know, when two energies have a synergy, I think that's what we call chemistry, right? Because it's simply uh, a consciousness. So we all vibrate on a consciousness which I kind of like to put in a process or a diagram ranging from love to fear, right? So the opposite yeah. of love isn't hate. Uh, the opposite of love is fear. And hate obviously mm. stems from fear. We don't hate the exam. We just fear what the exam will bring to us or does to us. So we never mm. really hate people. We just fear how they are going to make us feel and we don't want to feel that way. So I would say mm. at some level, each one of us are vibrating within that scale based on what's love and what's fear. And all your thoughts, all your words, all your actions, all your reactions are based on that vibration of consciousness, which is on the scale from love to fear. So I think mm. when you meet a complementary uh, consciousness or like an energy, uh, there's a certain gravitation towards that because it reminds you of you, you know? And one of the things, mm that we've learned in uh, tools like NLP, the one person that we're not, uh, that we break, you know, or that we know, or that we are very comfortable with is ourself. So when we can see like mm. another person in ourself or vice versa, automatically your defense mechanism goes down and your rapport goes up, right? So the moment mm. we can sense um, like another person within ourselves, you know, automatically because each one of us walk around with a wall right it's unconscious yes. you know like to protect us um you know to keep us uh, secure and safe from the world around us because at a, at a certain level we live in a very fear-based world right so absolutely yeah exactly so automatically we have this as a byproduct uh so but when we meet people where we can see a bit of a mirror of ourselves we're like oh okay this looks a bit familiar and automatically the defense kind of falls and the rapport goes up. And I think that's mm. pretty much how it is when you meet people who are like, who resonate on the same vibration or consciousness, you know, as you. Absolutely. Um, just touching on something that you said um, uh, about the body being a shell. 
Um, I remember when my sister sister passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to see her, and she was lying there. And you know, the idea of me going to a dead body, I I I, I believe I would have been scared probably to be around a dead body. But it was my sister, and I know my sister would never do me any harm. Yeah. Um, but when I went and I stood over the body. I realized that she was, I could just sense, my spirit could sense that she was no longer in there. Right, right. And it was very apparent that in that moment that there is two separate things going on here. There is the shell and then there is the, the, the spirit or the energy. Right. And she, she the, the, the spirit had removed. And then it led me to question, but where did it go? Because I know it's no longer in there. So we buried my sister and or, traditionally because I came, I became a co-guardian to her, her, her children. Yeah. And so we, we, we go to her grave and, you know, on Christmas and on her birthday and, you know, you know, just to, to celebrate her. But I don't, I, I don't see her body as the place where she is right. because that was just the shell, um, you know, so. It's um, of like an energy and a consciousness that, you know, is no longer bound by space and time, right? When we live in a three-dimensional world, all we are is we're bound by time and we're bound by space, right? We are bound by a body, which is a limitation actually in so many ways, right? Because the body can deteriorate and it does every day. So like every day we're, you know, we're, I mean, we're moving closer to, uh, I mean, our death in one way or the other, right? Yeah. So many yeah. cultures, they teach you that every day you're dying. You know, every day you're one step closer to death. And I mm. think that, you know, when we see people or when we see people that with energy, because it can never be created or destroyed, it's infinite, which means it's, it's you know, it's, it's beyond the space and time. And we mm. can access that energy through space spiritual practices like you've heard of yogis in india right where they can mm-hmm. travel to another time and another space and tell you exactly what's going on in that time and space whilst remaining in one location what is that called that's called um like astral traveling so astral traveling tells you that consciousness can move beyond the body right but mm-hmm. when we're so limited by everything that we can see touch hear taste and smell we're just attached to the pleasure of what the three-dimensional reality can provide to us. And I think spiritual practices, you know, not in theory, but in practice or in experience, help us to understand that you are not human beings having a spiritual experience. You're a spiritual being having a human experience, right? So the humanness is temporary, you know, and it's not the other way around. And I think the more you have your daily practice or ritual by connecting to your inner self, by practicing meditation, by allowing the clarity of mind and silencing that chatter, you're able to connect to that soul, that consciousness, which moves beyond time and space. And that consciousness has so much to offer you because it has lived other lifetimes. It is the man in the mountaintop who knows exactly where you need to go and the fastest route to get there. It knows your blueprint for why you incarnated into this lifetime in, you know, and you, and what happens is through conditioning, through your fears, you lose um, the access 
to that life purpose or that blueprint. But when you start to reconnect with yourself, suddenly you have an awakening. You'll have, for example, you, I mean, like you're an artist. And so you probably know this more than me, that when you're in that space of stillness, you, you know, you channel, you mm-hmm. channel new thoughts, new ideas. Um, and yeah, for you, it's probably through music. Um, yeah, for mm-hmm. me, it's through meditation. For another mm-hmm. person, it can be through art, right? But when, when, but when we're in that space of stillness, of peace, of clarity, we're able to tap into something so much higher than what we thought we were capable of. So what is that? Mm-hmm. That's simply channeling that consciousness, which is guiding you to your, towards your blueprint. And then you'll mm-hmm. end up meeting certain people, like how I met you. Or you'll mm. certain, or you'll get a phone call from a longtime friend. You're more in, um, like into your, you know, just trying to align with that blueprint, and the universe will obviously support you in that by providing you, um, you know, the right people, the right circumstances, everything to kind of propel you towards that purpose or that blueprint. Absolutely. I mean, two two things I I just wanted to speak on is firstly, number one, when you're talking about the channeling, when I'm on stage and I'm performing, I find that I'm not present. There's there's times where I'm just so, so into that emotion, that feel, that expression that I'm literally just channeling. It's almost as if it's coming down from the almighty and just going through me and I'm just a vessel allowing that energy to just go through. And, and I found I found that's really meditation actually. Yeah, and, and and what I've actually found is that the audience they transform. It's almost like as they're being present, as as I'm taking them on a journey and they're present, I find that it's almost like a, a, a almost like a form of healing and they leave lighter than when they came. So that they forget about their bills, they forget about their stresses and their worries and their pains, and they come and they have such a good time. But it's from me channeling and just connecting and being very present with them. Exactly. It's kind of I I I I found that um that, that happens at the show. Um I have witnessed that this, Japan. I mean, you are one hell of a performer. <laughs> thank you so much. Absolutely mesmerized. As I like, if I ever do have a wedding, I know who I'm gonna call. <laughs> 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 thank you so much um and there was another thing that i want to say is i'm 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 quite um i think i i'm quite present to the fact that we won't live forever mm-hmm. and so my my commitment is in being able to in so to speak bottle this energy or this perspective or this inspiration this motivation yeah. um because we can't take anything from this world. We can't take the money. We can't take the fame. And so my focus has been in trying to create um, things that will continue to add value past my life. Right. So, for example, that's one of the inspirations behind this podcast, right. my music, everything that I'm doing. I feel that um, it's integral to to. Well, I say, I say integral. I don't know if that comes from an ego space base, but really? for me, um, 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 the recording of of my thoughts and feelings, I believe it it's it's an offering to the world in this time that I was here. Because I recently started watching a, a Bruce Lee documentary on Netflix. A friend um, mentioned that he found a similarity between Bruce Lee and myself in his approach to martial arts and my approach and life and my approach to music and life. 
Um, and so I've been I've been watching it. And I've also been really inspired, like while I'm watching it, I'm like doing exercises and all sorts of stuff. And it's it's also allowing me to to um, go deeper into my my uh, my my thought processes and my my uh, perspectives um, and how I can apply that to my life. Um, and this documentary was about a person who's passed away many years ago. But today I'm being inspired and that's because it was documented. And I feel that, you know, um, if our processes on earth, this is just my a, a, a realization that I came came to recently. And if, if you feel like it doesn't resonate with you, it'll be interesting to know why. But if your processes on earth isn't documented, it's almost as if you wasn't here. And what I mean by that is the process of meditation um, um, has been documented in some form in order for us to be able to use it. Right. Um, whether it's a picture, whether it's a song, whether it's a book, whether it's a, yeah. uh, a, a um, you know, documentation is 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 a way of us traveling through time. Just as, for example, uh, Bob Marley may say something in a song that is still as powerful today as when he made it. Or Mahatma Gandhi may say a quote that is still as powerful and it transcends throughout time. So for me as a creative in my essence, um, my motivation is to create. And that's the reason why um, I found that I was having like conversations just like this. And I felt like it would be so amazing if it was in a space where people was able to learn or have a different, like have an opposing opinion, but you know, it's, it's able to, to be an offering to the world for infinity. And, you know, this was one of the motivations why I felt like, you know, um, although I'm a singer, I also want to um, expand and start doing podcasts and all of these kind of things. Yeah, that's amazing. It's your unique expression and contribution to the world. And each one of yeah. us has our own uh, creative way of doing so. And um, with that, we can add value to the world around us. And I mean, there's no greater intention or more noble intention than that, you know. And I mm. think, um, and I completely agree with you. I completely agree with you. And that's, and it's always, you know, and, and like I said, sometimes it's not even you, right? It's, it's like channeled. So it's coming from a higher source or it's coming mm. from, you know, a space of pure consciousness, as I would say, mm. without labeling it. And um, it can transform, even if it transforms one life, then, you know, it's of so, so let me ask you a question, because sure. basically, um, throughout my life, um, I, I, when I was growing up, I started a group um, mm -hmm. and I was kicked out of the group for not being a strong enough singer. And my vocal trainer, uh, they were all better. They were, they were better singers than me. They were older than me, more experienced. My vocal trainer was my manager at the time, and he helped to work with me and give me the skills and the tool to really help to develop my voice. Um, I eventually got invited back into the group um, after working, you know, really hard on my on, on my my skills. Um, the groups disbanded, but what I realized is I realized that with the correct information and applied knowledge being in action i could achieve the unmanageable un, unimaginable right yeah. and a few years later i started my own vocal academy and you know uh started training people and so i found that throughout life that 
there may be experiences and things that I've personally learned and I can see maybe friends or people around me that haven't elevated past that current um, loop that they're in. They're currently in a loop. And I may offer my advice to say, hey, you know, um, what you're doing, if you want to get to that place or you're trying to do this, do it like this. And I remember uh, many years ago, uh, I was with an ex-girlfriend and I'd be like, I'm like, you know, I'm trying to help these people. Like I'm really trying to help them. And either they, they're offended thinking like, who are you? Why, why, you know, not realizing, you know, I'm really coming from a good place, like really wanting to help them. Um, And then, or they don't listen or whatever. And she said, she said to me at the time, my ex-girlfriend said, "Um, Zalon, you need to, you need to do it first, achieve it first. And then they will listen. So many years later, there's a lot of things that I've done and I achieved and they still don't listen. So obviously there comes a part where I guess everybody has to learn their own way. But I guess I'm asking from your perspective because it kind of hurts my feelings, if I'm honest, because I'm coming from such a good place and I want the best for them. But I feel that... um, you know, different people do it differently. Some Correct. will listen. They'll fight against it. It will digest. The seeds are planted. They'll come back and then think it's their idea. Some will argue and say, no, 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 but then still do the same loop. Some will do it and say, oh, thank you, you know, and they'll do it. And then some just would do their version of it, doing it by themselves and doesn't so I mean in what in what way would you like what's your perspective on what I've just said and how would you suggest going about it from your experience? Right. So um I think everyone is on their own journey and you know um everybody heals in their own time and space. So I truly believe in the concept of divine timing, right? For each one of us um you know, sometimes things need to get extremely bad in order for it to get better. And I think a lot of people need to go to that extreme, like I explained earlier, right? So uh, because there is something to learn. Now, every, you know, the reason people don't heal, you know, despite, you know, being told or at a certain level, very intelligent people who probably are more intelligent than you and I, you know, mm-hmm. um, are not able to kind of apply this in their everyday life because number one, there is a subconscious uh, benefit uh, to holding on to this experience. They are gaining something from it really unconsciously. Now you or I may not be aware of what they're gaining from it, but they are. So for example, you know, a girl who is like overweight, you know, and you tell her, if, but if you exercise and if you just maintain your diet, and it's so easy to do today, right? It's so easy. There's so much knowledge, so much tools, so much information, so much, you know, um, so much um, like advances in science, which can, you know, help you do that. But yet they're not able to do that because they want to remain in that space because they're getting some sort of pleasure out of it. And it's the pleasure yeah. of the known, Right. A lot of people are afraid of the unknown, right? So sometimes 
And this girl might say, yeah, but I want to be in a relationship, but I'm not able to get a job and I'm not able to do this. It's because at a certain level, you know, being in that belief is known to them. So in their childhood, if they were told that they're not, they're not smart enough or they're not good enough, and if they're holding on to that belief, no matter how much you tell them, right, they want to still hold on to that belief because it's known. And whatever is known in our mind is pleasurable. What is unknown is very painful. So even though we can perceive that as, why is that woman in like an abusive relationship? It's because at a certain level, it's a known behavior, okay? Mm. And for the subconscious, what's known is very pleasurable. That's why we like to hold on to experience. That's one perspective, right? And that's what keeps mm. people stuck. From our perspective, even though you know we feel that we know best, even though it's coming from a space of kindness and compassion, it's still called the altruistic ego. The altruistic mm. ego is still the ego. It's the ego mm. that says that, oh, this way might be right, or this way mm. might be better. And I know that if you do this, you'll be able to achieve this. That's still mm. coming from our space of ego when we don't really know the complete picture because nobody shows 100% of themselves to us. So mm. we really don't know whether they're ready for that change or whether their soul or their mind needs to go through more experiences in order for them to wake up. And sometimes it's a matter of destiny or fate that they need to go through this in order for them to actually wake up. So everyone's timing and trigger is unique to our own purpose and our own, you know, growth. That's, I mean, that's another perspective. A third so aspect is, is, you know, seeking advice. So for example, or giving advice which you know has not been asked um and mm. i find that often when our friends are going through certain issues um and i've been asked about this like what advice would you give and i tend to fall into this trap a lot of the times given the nature of what i do and i end up like lecturing you know but <laughs> will sometimes i def i definitely lecture yeah yeah and and Profe professional professionally <laughs> yeah we can hire you illumination and i think what, like what's more important is about holding space. Is holding space to listen to somebody and their needs rather than defining your needs or what you think is right for them. So I think holding space, um, you know, timing and triggers for each one of us is unique. And I think at a certain level, there is a benefit from holding on to our pain or our patterns because we're gaining something out of it. So for example, um, you know, in one of our courses, we teach that, you know, um, like a woman of the house or a mother or a grandmother, you know, will keep falling ill because every time she gets sick, now everyone in the house gives her so much attention. But when she's well, nobody gives her any attention. So now there is a desire to get sick because there is a benefit out of it. So I think mm. when you understand that there is a benefit even out of what you can perceive as the worst possible case that a person can be putting themselves through, whether it's um, um, like an addiction or whether it's a pattern in, a, in like an abusive relationship or it's their lifestyle or eating habits, you know, they are gaining something out of it. And until they don't wake up and realize that and they don't kind of change their belief system and or when they're ready to do it, 
they will keep falling back into that pattern. And we do that as well. You know, there are so many patterns that whilst we're still growing and evolving, um, we still keep falling back into our patterns. But I think Mm -hmm. the first step is to be self-aware that whilst I am in this pattern, the first step is, I mean, I mean, like awareness and that leads to transformation, you know? Brilliant. So, so, so practically now, what do you do? Do Do you not say anything? Do you ask questions that allow them to hopefully think and discover it rather than tell them, I think you should do that? Um, I do you of, like, I think it's a combination of the above. Number one, I think it's listening. You know, it's mm. really holding space because sometimes a person is just calling you not to take advice from you, but someone mm. to listen to them without, with love and compassion and openness without mm. trying to push them. Because you know what happens with a lot of people who are close to me, like a lot of people mm. perceive me as, you know, you know, Oh, you work so hard. You're so motivated. You're so productive. And every time I try to tell them, okay, you should be more productive or you should be, you know, trying to, you know, tell them, okay, basically my way is the right way kind of thing, you know, the next Mm. time they're going through that, they don't call me because they don't want to feel worse about themselves because I'm just reminding them of what they're not. Uh, What Mm. I do remind them of is reminding them of what they are, you know, and Mm. we're so focused on a person's flaws and they're so already consumed by their own flaws that sometimes you can just highlight, you know, their light in them, all the light and all the positivity that exists within them. So that's kind of the kind of the tool I use is I say, you know, you're this and you're, you're so motivated. And when you hold people really, I mean, like accountable to their own light, you know, Mm. they tend to start behaving that way with you. It's really, Mm. and I've noticed that, like, I know friends of mine who, you know, obviously have a chronic repetitive behavior pattern of maybe, you know, not calling me back or, or just you're behaving in a way. And I know a lot of other people judge them for, you know, I mean like their addictions or, you know, for this, but I will always try to uphold them when I meet them and remind them of who they really are. And I'm being like, you're, you know, I'm so proud of you. You know, you did this amazing. And, you know, and, and, and so, like every time they do something amazing, they feel the need to tell me because I'm like, and it kind of motivates them to know that mm. they're perceived in a light which is so, you know, high and so, you know, noble that they want to be motivated to live in that light more. And that's the only thing you can really do, right? So don't mm. keep reminding them of, I mean, like of their darkness, because if you tell them you should do this and you should do this, you're telling them of everything that they're not. But they already know that. And that's what they're living day in and day out in their thoughts and their beliefs and their mindset. So Mm. remind them of who they truly are. And who they truly are is, you know, a divine being who's capable of doing anything, who has, you know, who has a capacity Mm -hmm. to love and accept themselves, who has passion, who has purpose, who has drive, who has all of these other things that if you can remind them of their light, then they tend to hold themselves accountable to it even when you're not around, you know? Amazing, amazing. So um, what about ourselves if we find that we're the ones procrastinating or in a cycle? How, how do we get out of that? So that's, you know, that, you know the, um, like that's a really interesting topic because I'm, you know, like I just wrote like an Instagram post just yesterday about that and how like I find as, I mean, like as an entrepreneur, one of the greatest struggles that I face is when I have to start something new, you know, 
Because what happens is that the brain is hardwired to keep you in your comfort zone, right? So anytime yeah. it, you know, it basically is um, is confronted with anything new, it kind of like goes off balance, you know, like a trigger comes on and being like, wait, this is not how it's supposed to be. You know, it's supposed to be mm. this way. So in order for us to break out of this pattern, you know, we have so many beliefs that, oh, the idea is overdone or it's a, you know, like what happens if we're going to fail or waiting for that perfect time or strategy. So one of the things of is really to identify the beliefs which are holding you back. And I think at a certain level, we already know them. But at another level, we just have to get out and do it, even if it's not perfect, right? So, you know, there is a concept called throwing your hat over the wall, right? So once you throw your hat over the wall, you've already made that commitment, right? And, mm. and that's just taking that first step. And sometimes we procrastinate is because we want to perfect things because we think there's going to be a right time or that, or that there's going to be a right way. But we know that 80% of your success is not determined by your skills or your strategy. It's determined by your psychology, as Tony Robbins would say, right? It's oh, is it? Explain this. Explain this. I didn't. I, I know about the 80-20 rules called a Pareto law, but I didn't know. Explain this psychology thing, yeah. please. So like 80% of your success is determined by your attitude, your mindset, your belief, uh, your thoughts, uh, you know, and this propels you to take action, right? It propels you to when you speak, um, I mean, on a stage, people are not always listening to the technical words that you're saying, but it's about how you're saying it. And if you give it the same heart, the same knowledge, the same passion, people tend to feel that. So people are more reminded about how you made them feel. But what happens is that we're so focused on the plan, the profit and loss, um, you know, and we're so focused on the logical reasons that it's only 20% of what's going to get you to where you need to be, right? Otherwise, all consultants would be entrepreneurs, right? So all consultants cannot be entrepreneurs because regardless of the skill and strategy that they possess, they also need the 80% which is the attitude, the mindset, the passion, the drive. And that comes from your psychology. And that psychology is, you know, wired from, example, your childhood, your faith, your self-acceptance, your self-belief, your self-love. And those are the things that can either, you know, lead you to, you know, I mean, like everything you want. And even if you do fail, it's going to give you, your life lessons, which are invaluable. And that's one of the things my teacher taught me. He's like, Sonia, never be afraid to fail because you'll either get your greatest love or your greatest lesson. So either ways, you'll be a winner mm. because it's going to propel you exactly to where you need to go. But I think when people start, they need to be very clear with their intent as to why they start, right? Because, you know, with entrepreneurship or as I mean, like an artist, it's not always a smooth ride. It's got its ups and downs. It's got, and it's got more of its ups and downs than a smooth ride, especially, I mean, in the beginning. And, yes. and I think that, you know, when we revisit our intent as to why we're doing what we're doing, it'll motivate us to move ahead even when the going gets tough. So mm -hmm. I think number one is a clear intent. Number two is get over the fear of failing because either way you're going to win, realizing 
that 80% of your success is determined by your psychology. So if you're looking for that social media plan or that business plan or the like resources, there's always a way to just get started. And you can always perfect it along the way. And lastly, of course, like we were talking about earlier, like your expression is a unique gift that the world wants and the world is waiting for. And, mm. you know, and you have a message that, you know, when you create and when you offer it to people, they're ready to receive what you have to offer. So you can have the same idea, but manifest it in a hundred different ways. And everybody has their own audience, right? There's enough to go around for everyone. And I think yeah. those are the things which obviously make me being like, okay, okay, I think I should start because I've always, even though I have, you know, we have three branches, we have an online, I mean, like an e-commerce site to get me to start that. It took a really long time, you know, and people don't see that because they think, oh, Sonia, you know, you're always like trying out new things. You're an entrepreneur, you know, you're an achiever, but really that's always one of my greatest struggles is just, you know, trying to start something new, you know, because that's so interesting. Yeah, that's so interesting. You know, because I I never knew that I I never knew that that was um, one of your I guess challenging points because I also see you as such a go getter as you said um, I, and and for myself it's weird because um, externally for me I feel that people often say oh my god Zalon like you work so hard and you know you 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 know you 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 know they say yeah I basically I work so hard and I don't think I work hard now right. i think i work hard at being consistent meaning that i do something consistently even if it's small every day and so over if you accumulate the effort um over the years you will always have the progression right. but i i'm not currently in a space where i'm like working 11 hours and doing i'm not i've kind of um i got to a part where i was doing that and i felt that I was the balance wasn't right. And so and and also some of my desires that I've had since a childhood, some of my goals and my dreams, I've ticked them off my list. And so I have to redefine what are my new whys, right? So, you know, at one point I just wanted to be known. I wanted to be famous. I wanted to be known um you know, especially after getting kicked out of the group. I wanted to be known as a good singer and 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 I wanted to be able to have my own tour or be on TV or and and little by little there's many different things that I ticked off from the childhood dream yeah. and so those things don't necessarily stimulate me anymore like I, I don't have a desire to be famous but I I I have a desire to add add have a contribution towards the world which is this is one form of the contribution um and and so things have transformed and changed and I guess um there's something which you said earlier on to me that I feel um, is something that has brought a new understanding is there's times to, I think you said times to do and times to be. Yeah. So like, I, I always feel like if I'm not in action, then I'm, there's no progression. Right. Um, right. And then, so what that does is it makes me feel like, Oh, I'm not progressing. Like, and then there's a negative connotation towards that. Yeah as opposed to like i'm just being and in me being is 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 how i right. navigate to the next or elevate to the next level exactly you know exactly. and being still and i feel that especially you know um 
consuming this 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 um, Bruce Lee documentary, I feel like on one hand, I was like, I might just binge watching and wasting time. Um, right. But I really feel like a shift is going on. Like I sincerely feel like a shift is going on. Yeah. And I'm, I, 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 and it's, and I feel like when you said that, it was like no, because this is very like I feel like the the processes of his life will hopefully have an impact on my life, and that's the intention behind it. Right. Is in order for me to be able to elevate from somebody else's life. It just happens to be a. Um, it just happens to be a documentary, but it could be a book. Yeah. And then if I was reading a book, I wouldn't feel like I'm wasting time because it's a book, but it's the same thing. You're digesting information. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like that being thing, right. um, it, 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 it allows me to not have a negative connotation towards me not being in action exactly. because you don't always have to be in action for there to be a progression. But I am always, and interestingly, I am always learning, though. So I'm always, I'm consistently in a space of always learning. Like I, I consume information while I'm eating, while I'm traveling, whatever it is. But um, I don't always equate that to elevation, right, right. which, as you said, is eighty percent. Because it's it's a it's um what do you say? It's a your what's the word you use? A, um, Tony Robbins said eighty percent of it is. is the psychology, right. So me, the information that I consume helps to formulate my psychology, but I'm almost discounting that. Right, 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 exactly. You understand? Yeah. I think as you know, we're also conditioned like, you know, that, um, so there's an excellent author. Her name is Kate Northrup, uh, and she's written this book called Less is More, and it's exactly about this. It's like, you know, we feel guilty because, number one, we live in a community that, you know, that basically values the more we do, the more we are, you know, so our worth is mm. defined by how much we do, you know, and that, and that defines our value. And it takes a while for us to actually break out of that and realize that that's just like the ego mind that is still running that rat race or comparing ourselves to, you know, what we need to do or, you know, without really like, you know, tuning in to what our body needs or what our mind needs or what our soul really needs at that point in time. And I think sometimes, you know, like I've noticed as well, like there are times, especially recently that I have tried my best. I've overworked 14 hours a day, putting in that, you know, I mean like those hours yielding very little results. And, you know, and then there were other times that, you know, I was on holiday and I wasn't really working that much. And a lot of, things would happen completely effortlessly. And I think, you know, obviously on a higher level, I believe that it's the universe's way of telling me that, you know, uh, you always feel that you need to be in control, that, you know, the more control you have, the more your life will work for you. But, you know, if you surrender, you know, there is a much more, you know, like a higher plan and a purpose to everything that happens in its own time. So we allow timing of, life to also take its course you know and there are a lot of times in our life where our graph isn't going to be up as i said you know it's about knowing when to create and build and then there's a time just like you have the moon right the moon is not always full it goes through all its phases just as we mm. human beings are there's a time for rest and relaxation and then there's a time for hard work and hustle and it's the wisdom mm. of knowing when to operate in which consciousness at the right time, you know? 
and we need, mm. like we need the ingredients of both because obviously you can't do hard work and hustle without any rest you'll get you know you'll break down or if mm. all rest and relaxation without the hard work and hustle that too can you know take you back so it's about a nice a fine balance between you know the art of doing and the art of being and i think as you progress in your spiritual awareness in your self awareness uh if you obviously apply very you know uh obviously um widely used coaching tools that we spend so much of our time doing things which are you know not very valuable to our growth and then you can obviously also utilize the pareto principle of the 8020 that you know mm. like i mean like most of your success is only coming from 20% of your activity but yet we yeah <laughs> other 80% which is like really you know because it's our ego's way of you know wanting more quantity but then i read somewhere it's the soul that wants more quality and i found that really powerful because it's so true right it's the ego mind mm. looking for more and looking for better and looking for bigger and looking for greater and comparing yourself to a b and c and mm. all that says you know what take your time take your space really try to spend time with what you're doing get to know yourself there is no hurry you can move at your own pace follow your intuition listen to your body and that really you know goes a, i mean like a really long way for enjoying the success that you get you know not just achieving and acquiring the success but along that journey really just really enjoying the journey to that final goal rather than just like working so hard and then not realizing how much you've achieved and not able to take a step back and enjoy what you've created for yourself you know amazing so um i want to thank you so much for your time coming here and sharing your views your thoughts and perspectives so um before before sorry i said thank you so much for having me before before we go i do want to get um uh firstly i would like to invite you back i really enjoyed this this perspective um i'd love to i love for you to come back and for us to to speak more um uh but before you go i wanted you to uh because we spoke about necessary like meditation and how we can help to be more centered and to be a human being or human doing and so i just wanted you to maybe give um an example of how we could um um how how somebody can meditate to enhance that process um and just before you do that um because we also spoke about procrastination and I'd like for um you know if somebody is finding that they're currently um uh in a space of procrastination um I, recently I found myself in that spiral of not being as productive and a a, a friend called me up and they said that basically they they wrote a list of everything that they need to do and they wrote a list of everything that they want to do oh, wow. and then they 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 included um uh all the things the necessary things like you know showering and cooking and drinking water and what they done is they organized their schedule they woke up early at like 5:00 and they organized their schedule in half an hour blocks and so what happened is the half an hour blocks after you finish the half an hour you can either move on to another task another task or you can continue with the task because our brain is able to be um 
it, it can function very well for 25 minutes, give it a five minute break and then you can go back, right? right? right. Um, and so what happens is with that half an hour that you're doing is the accumulative effect over a week, you'll find that you'll have achieved a lot and you will also be inspired. And the things that you don't really want to do, but you end up, you end up doing, you keep on putting it off, you end up doing it because it doesn't take that long. It's like, oh, it's just half an hour. So you end up doing it yeah. and you end up getting all different areas of your life. Um, you get to, yeah, you get to uh, tackle many of different areas in your life. And as I said, the areas that require um, more time, you just do half an hour and then you go back and you do another half an hour. And that was a way that I found that I was able to have balance in my life to take care of this during the coronavirus. I was able to do gardening and planting. I was meditating. I was exercising. I was drinking water. I was taking vitamins. Um, I was like um, working boy, on. <laughs> Sorry. I said you've been a good boy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so all of these things was possible because my intention was to do all these things, but it was the, the task of starting just felt too great. And so in me doing it in, in, in this form of just half an hour, it was just like, oh, it's just this. And so I could just start the process. And then I started to look forward to it because there wasn't that much. It wasn't there wasn't that much of a of a hindrance, right. you know. Um, so if that adds any value to anybody. Um, oh, that's me. That's a wonderful takeaway. I might actually implement that. Yeah, it's really like there were so many parts of my life that I always pushed to the side thinking, oh, when I have time, when I have time, when I have time. Um, and then I got really motivated because some of the things that you put off are some of the things that you really need to do. Right. <laughs> and I so even break down a task like, you know, what I've noticed is that, you know, obviously my task or my to do list is 21 pages right now. But if I choose, Whoa! Things, if I choose Whoa! more things to do, like work wise that I'm going to do just today. And I focus on those three things, then just like keep looking at that task of 21 pages. I find that I'm able to just complete. So if I, I mean, and it's also known that like if you chunk and break things down into small parts, you're able to um, like achieve them more because the mind gets so overwhelmed with the, with the 21 page task list. 21 pages. My God. You know, you know, absolutely. I think, I think, Wow, twenty-one pages. Yeah, you I definitely need. Sure. I write every single thing down. I write every idea down. Every time I have an idea, I write it down. And, Amazing. And I and I and I might revisit it back in a year's time. <laughs> right. That it's somewhere documented, as you said, and documented. Good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I understand. Yeah. yeah I, I also write things down as well. I think it helps me to to remember it. But yeah, I I I haven't got. Well, there probably is more than 21 pages in all my notes, but um, yeah, that feels quite a tall order. But when you break it down, I can see how it's easier to achieve. Exactly. exactly. So could you could you just give, before we go, could you just give um, some uh, advice on how people can meditate to be, like, is there a process, is there a way to right. approach to it? Yep, yep. So, okay, so when we talk about meditation, uh, so meditation is basically focused awareness, or as I would um, describe it, of being in the now, right? And why is being in the power of now so important is because your conscious mind is either, you know, living in the past, and they say when you're living in the past, 
you're living out of anxiety, right? Coming from your past experiences. Or it's either um, in the future, if you're worrying about things that haven't already happened or that may happen. So fear and anxiety takes us away from obviously the present moment is when we're not in the present moment, our mind is oscillating between pain and pleasure, uh, pain from past experiences or pleasure from past experiences or gravitating towards the future. So I think the best way to understand meditation is practicing to remain in the power of the now, right? And we can do that very, very easily by training our mind and our brave, uh, I mean our brain to lower our brain waves in order to remain in the state of the now. Because your mental chatter is all based on the noise of what's coming from the past and what will be in the future. We can bypass that by being a witness to the mind by focusing on the power of the present. So one of the things that I do is number one is the first step in any meditation practice is grounding, right? Grounding is practicing being in the body over here right now because the mind can take you to all different types of places. The mind can take you to uh, what happened yesterday with your partner or what's going to happen tomorrow at work or what's happening with your kids. So remaining grounded in the body and in the present is the first step. So what I do is I normally start my meditation practice by closing my eyes and tuning into all the sounds in the background. And by sounds, I mean the air condition, right? The sound of my breathing. Um, I tune into the cars that are going by. I tune into any voices that I hear, right? And every time my mind keeps wandering away, I count the number of sounds that I can hear in the background. That's the first step, right? I then focus number two on how I feel in the body, right? So for example, I feel how my back is against the chair. I feel how, you know, how my uh, breath is moving in and out of my body. I feel exactly where I can feel the, you know, the movement of, of like energy that flows into the body or the pain that I feel in a certain part. I basically come in and tune into what I feel in the body. That's number two, right? Number three is after I focus on the sounds in the background and the sensations in the body, I start to focus on regulating my breathing, okay? And that's step number three is balancing your emotions and your mind through your breath. So I can simply do a count of breathing in with five counts and breathing out through the nostril with just five counts. So that's step three. If I continue to do this, I will now remind myself that every time my mind wanders away from the noise in the background, from the sensations in the body and from my breath, I will notice and pay attention to where the mind is taking me that's not allowing me to be in the present. Most of the time, people get caught up because they think meditation is stopping your mind or stopping your thoughts. That's not really true. Meditation is becoming a witness to where the mind is taking you because the mind can provide you excellent feedback as to the areas in your life that need attention that are stripping you away from the peace and stillness of the present moment. So the moment I become a witness to, oh, now my mind is taking me to my children. 
Now I'm very gently going to bring my thoughts and my energy and I repeat the word silently, present to myself. I'm once again able to train my brain and my mind to focus on the present. And this is just a very simple exercise, but you will start to understand or hear the inner mental chatter. What is my mind trying to tell me? So the mind will start to speak. It's like a roommate that's living inside your head that's constantly talking. It's constantly judging. It's constantly labeling. It's constantly, it's just going on and on and on chatting without keeping quiet. So rather than asking it to keep quiet or trying to shove that away, try to take notice and pay attention. And every time it deviates you from being present, you can repeat the word present in your mind once again, tune into the sounds of the background, tune into the sensations of the body, and keep focusing on your breath. Initially, this will be very difficult because we have a lot of emotions that are bottled up inside of us. We have a lot of suppression of energy that's, you know, locked up away, or a lot of issues that we don't want to deal with. And that's where therapy can provide a lot of value because therapy helps you to deal with these issues that are either coming from your childhood or this anxiety that's rooted from a problem that you're not really willing to confront. And when you start practicing being in the power of the present, automatically you will have a lot of emotions that will come up. A lot of people will just, you know, snap out of the meditation the moment they're reminded of these painful emotions. But if they can sit with those emotions, they'll start to feel anxious because and, you know, because, there, you know, when we think a lot, when we worry a lot and when we fear, it's our way of feeling like we're in control. When you meditate, you're kind of giving up your control. So there's a sense of anxiety that you feel in the gut area. But if you allow yourself to remain with these painful emotions, this discomfort or this anxiety and allow, your, allow it to pass, you know, they say in order to release it, you got to really feel it. So if you feel it 100%, it will slowly, like for example, choppy waves of an ocean shore, slowly as you dive deeper and deeper and deeper into the practice, you will notice that deep down in the ocean, there's only peace and stillness. But you got to ride that wave. And that is where you need to cultivate a form of discipline. Just like you would, you know, when you play your first game of tennis. When you played for the first time, you were sloppy, you know, like you can hit the backhand, the ball would go all sorts of places. But as you start to practice this on a daily basis, number one, tune into the sounds. Number two, tune into the sensations in the body. Number three, regulate your breathing, either five counts or 10 counts, whichever practice makes you feel more comfortable and keep the awareness on the sensations of the sounds, the sensations in the body, and the sensations of your breath, keep the awareness on that. And at any given point in time, if the mind deviates you, you remind yourself, Zalon, where is my mind taking me? Oh, okay. But I'm going to now gently say the word present and bring myself back. And again, on day one, it's going to be difficult. Your mind will be turbulent. It will provide you with a thousand reasons of why you shouldn't stay still. On day two, it gets a little easier. But if you cultivate this practice, um, after 21 days, you will notice that you can drop into that space of stillness. And as the mind starts to quieten,
there's that inner voice that we talk about, that soul, that intuition, that clarity, that knowingness that is just waiting to emerge. And you can actually tap into that. So that is how it Wow. Incredible. Thank you so much. So you, um, where can people find you? Where can they find your, your business, wherever you're, you're setting it up? Is there a website? Could you just let us know? Sure. So they can follow me on my personal Instagram, which is uh, Sonia Kiran, where I share um, my daily perspective on life, uh, well-being, and spirituality. Um, the name of my organization is called Illuminations. Uh, our website is www illuminations.ae uh, we're also available for like online appointments if people want to be uh, you know book a consultation we have about a hundred complimentary webinars a month that are on our website um, like in the events part of it you just have to log in you, you know you can sign up it's complimentary and we talk about everything related to holistic healing mental well-being and personal growth and um, yeah that's that's pretty much where you can find us is Illuminations Wellbeing Center. So perfect. And if you want to find me, my website is zalonline.com and whichever social media platform you want to go to is generally Zalon Music. So just put that in Google with the social media platform and you'll find me. Um uh yeah. So uh, I hope you guys really enjoyed this podcast with Sonia. Um, Sonia, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And please, 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 please come again. Thank you. I'm grateful and I would love to be invited again. Thank you. Awesome. Take care, Zalam.